Welcome to our annual Sunday School Christmas program. This year there's no drama, lots of social distancing, and these kids are only doing this with four rehearsals, so I was really impressed with them. What I really want to hear and see you take from this is a message of hope, a message of joy, and a message of peace in this chaotic world that we're living in right now. The children are going to be sharing the gospel with you. So I'm hoping that you will have good listening ears as I tell them. All right. I am going to invite Mr. Long up. Good morning. And... uh Merry Christmas to you all. And we are thankful. We're excited to see our presentation from the children. But I also wanted to make sure that we have the opportunity to wish Pastor Tim and Vanessa and wherever they went, Ian and Cami. They at least have an Ian. Come on up, Ian and Pastor Tim. Um, gifts have come in for you, and uh, we pass these things on, but we want to say a heartily thank you for being here, being leaders in our congregation, opening God's word to us, and ministering to many, even in a difficult year. You've been, there are many heroes, and there are other heroes here too, but we're thankful for you, and Merry Christmas. Thank you. And with that, we're going to start. Thanks for meeting me for lunch today. I just love this wonderful little cafe. It's so quiet and so calming. I really need this. Oh, I agree. I love their cranberry chicken salad. And we can actually hear while we visit. The Christmas shopping is so tiring and stressful. The hustle, bustle, pushing, shoving, the silly Christmas songs. In fact, this whole Christmas thing is so frantic and stressful. I wish I could just sleep through the whole Christmas season. If I hear one more Jingle Bell Rock, Here Comes Santa Claus, or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, I think I'll scream. I almost got in a fight trying to get the last singing Fluffy Bunny that my niece wanted so badly she was crying because we didn't think we would find it. I hope she enjoys it for more than one day. Oh, I know. It can be such a busy time of year. But I have found that on all the craziness, it's not where I want to go during this Christmas season. I really like to focus on the real meaning of Christmas, and I find that when I do that, my holiday season isn't so hectic. Oh, yeah. The thing about the baby in the manger and the angels and the shepherds, I don't know much about it, except what I see on Christmas cards. If they haven't made it into a Hallmark movie, I don't know anything about it. It's so much more than a baby in a manger, the shepherds and the angels singing. Would you be surprised to learn that the story of Christmas actually started at the beginning of time? Really? I had no idea. I thought it started with Charles Dickens in England. Would you like to learn more about it? When you actually embrace the true meaning of Christmas, it gives your season so much more meaning and a little less stress. At this point, I'm not sure anything would help, but I'm willing to give it a listen. You know, if we leave now, the Sunday School program at the Three Lakes Evangelical Free Church should be starting when we arrive, and you can learn all about it. Let's go.
Let's uh, sing together now a fa- old favorite, Go Tell It on the Mountain.
It all started many years ago with, before any of us were born with these three words. What was that? He said. In the beginning. In the beginning what? The book of Genesis tells us in the beginning the whole earth was shapeless and empty and darkness covered everything. There was nothing. Then God began to speak. Let there be light. Throughout the next days are all powerful God spoken to being. Day and night, oceans, rivers, seas. Dry land he called earth, the sun, moon, and stars called the heavens, plants, trees, and vegetation, birds, fish, cattle, and all living creatures that made their way across the face of the earth. God declared all this creation good. In fact, it was just perfect. Then God said, let us make man in our image. God created Adam and Eve to rule over the earth, enjoy the food God had provided, and multiply their own kind. Mostly, they were created to have fellowship with God, and God said about man and woman that it was very good. They were his most prized creation.
for good soon took a turn to bad when the woman and man fell into sin by eating the fruit that God had forbidden them to eat. It was pure and simple disobedience to God. When that happened, there were consequences. They became ashamed in front of him and hid from him. They no longer had the wonderful fellowship with God because of the burden of guilt and shame they now carried. They were thrown out of their perfect, beautiful garden home that God had provided for them. And it wasn't just the garden home that they were going to miss. It was their home with God they were going to grieve for. The ability to talk and walk with God freely was no longer possible. They now had to work hard for their food and had to provide their own home and clothing. All because they made a choice to disobey God. What a sad day for them and us. I wonder if they thought back to being in the garden and wished they had never disobeyed God. Would they ever be able to have what they once had? God had a plan. As God pronounced the consequences of their sin, he also made a promise of one to come who would restore the relationship they once had with God. The ability to talk with God, to fellowship with him, would one day be restored. God had a plan. Life was hard for Adam and Eve and their children and their children's children. Once sin entered the world, it snowballed. The world became more and more wicked. But God still loved his, these people he created. He never left them. But because of their sin, they had thrown up a wall between them and God. Adam and Eve had many children, their children had children, and so on. The world had been filled with their offspring, and yes, God loved them all. I think God must have been very sad that his creation had turned their back on him and no longer spoke to him. God wanted to do something to bring them back to him. He kept looking for someone who could would listen to him, obey him, and freely love him. But God had a plan. The world became more and more wicked. As God saw how wicked these people have become, he was angry. He was grieved. He just wanted to wash them away. As God was looking over the earth, he saw a man that listened to him and obeyed him. He was right he was a righteous man who loved God. His name was Noah. God told Noah, I am about to destroy the earth and everyone on it except for you and your family. I'm sorry I even cre- I'm sorry I even created man because they have become so evil. Noah wondered what, how that would happen. God had a plan. God told Noah to build ark. God gave him exact measurements and a complete description. He was to load his family and every kind of animal and bird on the ark and be ready for a journey of a lifetime. God gave exact information about what animals and how many of each of these animals to. No one needed to trust God and do exactly as God had directed him. And God did exactly as he said. The whole earth was washed away with one with the biggest floods to ever happen, with the disobedience and the wickedness. I wonder if Noah took his fishing pole on board and fished out the window for their dinner. 
After the flood, Noah took time to worship and thank God. Noah's family grew and grew. As time passed, sin once more overtook man, and man turned his back on God. But God had a plan. Many years later, God asked one of Noah's descendants, Abram, to do something very hard. God told Abram to pack his bags and go to a faraway land. He was to leave all of his relatives and friends. He was to take all he owned, his wife Sarah and his nephew Lot, along with all the servants, camels, sheep, sheep, and all of his household goods. It was a lot to move without any cars, trucks, or trains, but Abram picked, packed up his bag, kept packed up his camels, trusted God, and did as God asked him to do. God made a promise to Abram. God said, I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and make your name very great. You will be a blessing. And God said he would bless those who bless Abram and curse those who cursed Abram. Throughout Abram's life, God kept his promise, and even after Abram died, God kept the promise for his descendants. Still, God has a plan. The descendants of Abraham were God's chosen people. Abraham and his descendants lived in Canaan for a very long time until there came a famine. One of his descendants, Israel, moved his family to Egypt to live through a famine. Soon others followed. While the family grew and became enslaved to the Egyptians. They had to build bricks and primates and whatever, pyramids and whatever else the pharaoh told them to do. They were very discouraged, wondering how God was going to build a great, pe- to build a great people in, and a great nation like he had promised Abraham. Abram, him. But as always, God had a plan. Moses, the little baby in the bullish basket, was now grown up and was going to lead them out of the country. It took some convincing for this stubborn old pharaoh to let them out, but God had a plan. After many plagues that God sent, Slimy frogs crawling all over the land, irritating gnats and buzzing flies that got into their food, infected boils, hailstones that knocked down all their crops, hungry locusts that ate all their grain, the cattle all died and stank, even the death of the Egyptians' firstborn son. Pharaoh finally got the message and let Moses lead them out of Egypt. They left Egypt in a hurry before Pharaoh could change his mind. But change his mind he did. He gathered up all his chariots and soldiers and chased after the Israelites to bring them back to be slaves. But God had a plan. In their escape, God's chosen people got as far as the Red Sea when the Egyptians were hot on their heels. But God sent a big wave big wind that caused the sea to part and the Israelites could cross on dry land. As soon as they got to the other side, God stopped the wind and the water swallowed up the Egyptians' chariots and horses. They continued their travels to the land that God had promised. It wasn't easy and there was plenty of whining and crying as they 
traveled through the wilderness. God had to teach them so many lessons on their trip. They were often so disobedient. I guess there was a reason they were sometimes called the Hebrew children. They often behaved as children because of their disobedience and lack of trust in God. It took them more than 40 years to reach the land that God had promised them. Can you imagine if they had just trusted and obeyed God, how much easier and shorter their journey would have been? But God still loved them, and God had a plan. Once the Israelites finally arrived in the Promised Land, they went through many rulers, judges, kings, prophets. When a ruler was a godly ruler, things were somewhat good. Well, there were some rulers that really led the people down the wrong path. The Israelites would repent and turn back to God. Even when the ruler was a good ruler, they still had a hard time obeying God, and God would have to punish them to get their attention. They would repent and turn back to God. They went through times when other countries would come in and destroy their homes. Sometimes they would be marched off to another country to be slaves for very ungodly people. The Israelites would repent and turn back to God. They would learn their lesson for a while, and God would let them return to their own country, and then they would fall into their wicked ways and start worshiping false gods again. They would repent and turn back to God. Would they never learn? God would always love his people, and God had a plan. Many of our favorite Bible stories come out of this time period, and we would like to share some of them with you. Daniel and the Lions. One day, Daniel was the king in trouble, and he was God's friend too. The next day, the king said, Don't pray to God, only pray to me. If you pray to God, we'll put you in the lion's town. Daniel thought about it, but he prayed to God. Every day. So, he went home, went upstairs, and talked to God. The next day, the king's helpers came. He started Daniel praying to God. God, please. Daniel praying to God. Oh, my. Sad, but he said, You don't have to go in the lion's den. So he put him in the lion's The lion's smell Daniel, the lion's told Daniel, and the lion's saw Daniel. Because God set down that. <laughs> the next day, Daniel, are you okay? Yes, I am, because God set them up. They pulled him up. They looked at him. They even didn't scratch Daniel. A <laughs> uh, shepherd, as his father told him, he 
piece of bread to your brother's every piece of cheese to the cactus. And he was in, he was a and then he did a little disassociated. He said, I will answer. And then he went to King's Hall and said, I didn't And then he went to the. Then he took the um, controls and he did some armor. Then he put on. I remember she took the step and she was like, I don't know, you speak. So he took it off and then he went to the, to the river and got five went and was, okay. I get that to go to Nineveh to one of the people. And then he went to, he, um, went on a boat and the people were like, I don't know if we should throw them off the bird or not, but they did in the storm stuff. And then, um, uh, he went deep, deep down and then the fish swallowed him. Did what did the fish do? He spread him out onto land. And he went back to Nineveh.
people would beg God to send that promised one to rescue their, them from their hardships. They had been waiting a very long time for the promised one. They thought it would be a ruler who could chase all the bad guys away. But they they had to wait until it was God's time because God had a plan. Finally, the time for the Savior was getting closer. There was a young lady, Mary, in the town called Nazareth, who loved God and was obedient to God's commands. She was engaged to a very nice man, Joseph, in Nazareth. One day, as Mary was going about her chores, an angel appeared to her with a message from God. Of course, she was startled at the sight of an angel, and the angel spoke to her. Mary, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. I am sure that when she heard all this, she was very excited, but also a little fearful. She was a very young lady who was not married, and she was a... She was going to be the mother of a son of God. Wow. Soon after, Joseph had a dream where an angel appeared to him and said that he was to take Mary and his wife and take care of her. The angel, the angel told Joseph the baby Mary was going to have was promised son of God the one who would deliver God's people from their sin. God had a plan. It came to be that Caesar Augustus, the ruler, said everyone had to go to the town where their family was from to be a part of the census. So Joseph and Mary packed their belongings and headed to Bethlehem where God said Jesus was to be born. When they got there, there was no place for them to stay. They finally talked to one person who said they could stay out with the animals in the barn. Not a very nice place to sleep and not a nice place for the Son of God to be born. Mary took the animal's feed trough, cleaned it out, put some straw in it, and made a bed for the newborn Jesus. It was there that God's only Son came into the world.
their flocks of sheep. They were sitting around the campfire when all of a sudden the sky lit up brighter than day. The sky was filled with angels singing praises to announce the birth of the newborn king, the son of God. The shepherds were so excited they jumped up and left their flocks to see what the angels were talking about. Sure enough, in the stable, the newborn baby lying in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes, the long-awaited promised one. They knelt and worshipped the little babe, and they weren't the only ones to seek him and worship him. A couple of years later, Mary and Joseph were visited by the Magi, three very wise men. They had seen a star and knew that a king had been born. They followed the star and found the most important king ever, Jesus, the Son of God. Wait a minute. How was this little baby going to save the world? I know he was God's son, but he was just a baby. He couldn't even take care of himself. His mom had to feed him, clothe him, take care of him. God had a plan. Well, that baby grew up. He taught people about God and how to love God. He performed miracles. He healed people. He fed people. He showed people the path to God. But more than that, he loved people. He loved them so much, he 
willingly died for them so that they could be free from their sins and once again have relationship with God, just like Adam and Eve did. Only the perfect son of God was able to do that. He not only died but rose from the grave and is alive today. And that is the whole Christmas story. It is a story of of love, of peace, of truth, and of joy. And most important, it is a story that makes eternal life with God possible. Without the life, death, birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, there would be no Christmas. Now do you get in the beginning? Yeah.
<laughs> Will you pray with me? Father, we, we praise you that as we heard this morning from these kids that you do indeed have a plan. You had a plan from the very beginning for how you would save a people for yourself. And as we enter this Christmas season, we, we rejoice in the coming of Jesus at the culmination of that plan that we and we just say that it is truly joy for the world that all you've done for us through Jesus. God, we thank you for the hard work of these kids and for the people who directed them. And we pray that as we leave here, we would go filled with that joy that you'd be honored um, through our lives. So God, I thank you again for these children and the joy they bring us all. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to invite up Pastor Ian real quick here. All right. So this is a great program. Good job, guys. Good job. Um, also, Sherilyn, Jess, you guys worked really hard, so great job. Can we have a round of applause for these ladies? And you're dismissed. <laughs> <laughs>